welcome to our Friday Five Live podcast hosted by Meg Foster. Meg has spent 20 years in higher education focused on student success initiatives and working in areas such as orientation, faculty development, online learning, student leadership, and first-year initiatives. Happy Friday, everybody. Um, I hope that as we are finally in the first full week of spring, people are starting to feel renewed and a little more energized and the day's a little longer and uh, sunshine-wise at least. Um, they're always the same length of time, I guess. But um, hopefully everybody is is feeling renewed for the kind of mad dash to the end of the spring semester. Um, just a couple of reminders. If you've got somebody you'd like to share um, our work with, uh, once we will send this out um, to folks on Monday, but it will be available as well, of course, on our um, podcasting channels. And so you've got lots of information there um, in our PowerPoint, which um, Melissa will put in our chat um, for us. So uh, you can share this with a friend or colleague. Um, and I am so grateful to be joined today by an incredible colleague, um, Jessica Gifford, who comes to us from Western Massachusetts. Um, she has spent time um, in higher education, working um, in, with the Wellness Center at Hampshire College and Counseling Center at Amherst. And um, her, her more recent work um, centers around uh, Project Connect. And I'm going to pop that in our chat just in just a, a, a second here. Um, really working um, with colleges and universities and all kinds um, to, to think, think through um, how we can make connections um, at our institutions, students, faculty, staff, um, all around this concept of sort of, of, of improving wellness um, and our health. So thank you um, so much for coming today. Yeah, thank you for having me and thank you all for, for coming. It's great to be here. And as I was saying, earlier, you know, belonging and connection are my favorite topics. So I'm always, always happy to talk about them and talk about how to um, build that on, on college campuses. You know, and I feel like this word we've kind of, we've, we've been talking about belonging now. I mean, you and I had a conversation late last summer, um, sort of as we kicked off the school year around the concept of, of creating connection. And it just really, um, seems to have built momentum. I think if I could pick a word for 2023 in higher education, it would be the word belonging. You know, every conference we go to, um, colleges that Innovative Educators is working with, you know, are, are rebuilding their entire orientation around the concept of belonging um, and really putting that at the center of, of the work they're doing. And so, you know, I, I kind of, as always, we have questions. Um, it, and as a reminder to our listeners, please, please put your um, questions or thoughts in our chat and I'll make sure that we um, weave those into our conversation today. But Jessica, I know this is kind of a simple place to begin, but why does this feel so pressing? Why is this bubbling up, this concept of belonging? What is it about now that, that yes. seems to be putting this on our radar? Yeah, so I think it's a great question. Um, also, I'm really happy to hear uh, that you're that you're seeing that colleges are really prioritizing it for for orientation in particular. But in terms of why now, I, I think of belonging as both timeless and very timely. Um, timeless in that there's like never a bad time to be building belonging and connection because that's something that we all need all of the time. But particularly timely. Um, just because we're seeing skyrocketing rates of loneliness and disconnection. And that was that was a trend that was actually 
starting before the pandemic. And then obviously during the pandemic, people became more isolated, more disconnected. And so for students and for many employees, there's this sort of gap in their experience. Um, so for students, it's sort of this developmental gap where they either weren't on campus or maybe they were on campus, but they were socially distancing and and not able to form the connection with their campus and with other um, students. And so I think that really had a big impact on on belonging. And I think that's something that um, even though, you know, we're we're back in person, we're we're post pandemic, even though, you know, there's COVID is still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, we're going to see the impact of that for a long time that lots of campuses are sharing that there's heightened social anxiety among their students. I know even in my circle of friends, a lot of people said like, I I don't know how to socialize anymore. (laughs) You know, there's more awkwardness of like, how do we, how do we do this thing? And so I think it's really important for campuses to be thinking um, really intentionally about like, okay, so how do we recover from this experience and how do we foster a sense of belonging and inclusion? among students uh, in, a, in a really active way. Um, you know, when I think about my experience working in a community college, I mean, I don't know that, I think we've often been like, oh, well, belonging is something you do at a four-year institution, mm. right? At a community yeah. college, so often your students are commuter. Um, you know, there's the whole PCP, parking lot, classroom, parking lot right. concept. Um, and, and, and so I think about how, how sometimes I, I, this just feels like a very new thing, even mm. even though I know we've been writing about this for a decade at least now. Yeah. I think some of the first work published what was like Strayhorn's work about ten or twelve years ago around the concept of belonging and the importance of that um, at our yeah. institutions. Um, yeah, I I do think that community colleges, um, like commuter commuter campuses, also campuses with more non-traditional students, students who might have um, children, full-time jobs, other things, uh, or, or, you know, there's campuses that even pre-pandemic were doing remote learning. So I, I do think those types of institutions have a greater challenge with belonging, um, but it doesn't mean like oh, belonging is only for the residential four-year institutions. I think it's important everywhere. Right, right. No, yeah, definitely. So, so, and I think that leads us kind of nicely into this next kind of question. You know, you're working with lots of different institutions and I did put um, Project Connect's website um, there in our chat too, and, and please do check that out. But are there some innovative practices? And I'd love, you know, if you do have sort of, here's some, residential institutions, maybe here's something a commuter institution's doing, because I know yeah. we have folks um, on from all different kinds of institutions or working with adult pra- learners. Um, yeah, are there some innovative practices that you're seeing that are really making a difference? Yeah, yeah, so I'll start. So thank you for putting the Project Connect web- website in the in the um, chat. I'll start by talking about Project Connect. Um, I know you're familiar with that, but many of our the listeners might not be. So that's a, a program to build um, connection 
student connection. It can also be used with employees to build employee connection um, because, you know, belonging and connection are also just as important for, for employees as, as for students. Um, so it's a, it's a six session program that essentially creates a roadmap for building connection for, for participants um, in small groups to get to know each other better, to build friendships, um, you know, to make that process easy. And that's now being used on uh, over 60 campuses, which is really exciting. So, so that's, that's kind of like the, the recipe for building connection. Um, I think, you know, connection and belonging are not the same thing, but I think connection is a huge component of belonging, that it's really hard to feel a sense of belonging somewhere if you don't feel connected uh, to, to people in that place. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that by building connection, you're also increasing a sense of belonging. Um, so I would say, you know, focusing on building connection, that's a that's an innovative practice. I think it's something that um, lots of campuses are doing and there's still like lots of room for 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 improving that and, and focusing on that more. Um, another way that I think people can build belonging is by having opportunities for students to contribute. So um, when students are, are contributing, engaging in um, kind of shaping the, the community that they're in, they're going to be more invested and that creates a sense of belonging. So an example of that um, is Warren Wilson College and they have a they have a really big community engagement component and lots of campuses sort of offer community engagement opportunities and Warren Wilson has made the um, decision to like build that in to the experience. So it's not optional. It's a really big piece of who they are um, to, to get engaged in environmental and social justice work. And I think that helps students uh, build a sense of identity. So I think having a, a sense of campus identity or students um, students kind of feeling connected to the campus's values and identity can can create a strong sense of belonging as well. But I, I would I, I wish there was data on this. As far as I know, there's not. If if people know about data, please share it. Um, but my guess is that the students who are in contributing roles on campus or sort of like service roles like RAs, peer sure. mentors, students who are sitting on committees, um who are in student government, who are really involved in making the campus a better place, that those students are going to be the ones who have the highest sense of belonging. And so I think by um, creating opportunities or or even building in community engagement um, requirements, things like that can help with a sense of uh, a sense of belonging. Another thing is, um, I mentioned kind of a strong identity. I think having clearly defined values can help people feel connected to the institution or help feel like they, you know, they know why they're at this particular place. They have a sense of belonging to this particular place. So sort of defining like 
what, what as a campus you stand for, what you stand against. Um, and I think a lot of campuses are like, yeah, we have, we have values, but if you actually like asked five random people at the library, what the values are, they would have no idea, or they would all say totally different things. So, so unless they're like clearly defined and everybody knows them, then they're, they're probably not contributing to a sense of belonging. And I, I think, um, a lot of, uh, like religious campuses do a better job in terms of defining values, but I think that's something all campuses can do is just, you know, go through a process of like, what, what is, what are we about? What does it mean to be a student here or to, to work here? I see a bunch of questions popping up in there. So I don't know if we want to get to those later or or now. Oh, I wanted to also mention um, traditions. I think Campus traditions can also create shared experiences and to help build a sense of identity. And I I went to um, Smith College School for Social Work to get my social work degree. And one of their traditions, you had to write a senior thesis and then there was a senior thesis parade. So you had to dress in a costume that somehow, you know, represented the topic of your thesis. And then at some really like ridiculous hour of the morning, do this parade of like make a lot of noise and wake everybody else on campus up. Um, so that that's an example of one tradition, but there's a lot of a lot of different traditions that can be fun or they can be ways of marking rites of passage, you know, like graduation or moving from first year to second year. And so I think those things can also help um, facilitate a sense of belonging. Love that. Well, I'm going to jump to some of our great questions that we've gotten in here. And and Joanna kind of kicked us off with, do you see belongingness differently um, than how we've talked about student engagement? And I think that's a really important a thing to kind of pick apart a little bit about do they fit together? How are they different? How are they connected? Yeah. So I, I see them as a, I guess, as a Venn diagram, like very overlapping. Oh. I think when you have a strong sense of belonging, it's going to increase engagement um, and vice versa. If people don't have a sense of belonging, they're going to be less engaged. But I, I do think engagement to me is more about um, kind of really actively engaging in the academics um, and possibly engaging in other aspects of of student life, but it's more about behavior as as opposed to belonging as a a feeling, you know, it's a subjective sense of like, I belong here, I'm valued here, this is a, a place I'm connected to versus engagement is, um, you know, the, the behavior of like, um, you know, being really actively engaged in classrooms, doing the work, being actively engaged in, in activities and so on. So that's like off the top of my head, but if you have other thoughts, uh, I, w- I would love to hear them. So, so yeah, strongly, strongly related, but a little bit different. And that's kind of how I would tease it out. I like that. The behavior is the engagement, the, the feeling emotion is the belonging. Yeah. And I yeah. like that Venn diagram. You know, Tabby's presented us with a, a pretty important question. And I, and I know your work and I know we, we centered our conversation today kind of around student belonging. Um, but we are having 
this conversation a lot on our team too, is how do we help our faculty and staff feel a sense of belonging? Um, you know, we're seeing really high turnover rates um, in higher ed and positions. I, I know um, I'm on, you know, lots of listservs as we all are. And um, some folks have been talking with Nakata, the academic advising organization, which is a fantastic group of people, but that, you know, maybe five years ago, they'd have 150 applications for one position. And now they're lucky if they have 10 and half of those people really don't meet the qualifications. And so, you know, I I do think lots of industries certainly are reeling after the pandemic, but I feel like we've really seen some pretty big burnout in higher education. And so Tabby's asking for some, if, and, and while she's specifically saying, if you're not feeling particularly connected yourself, like that you belong on your campus as a faculty or staff member, it's very hard then to help shape that experience for students. Um, but would love to, some thoughts about some work that we can do around, and I know this is not one of our questions, but I know you will with it, um, <laughs> our faculty and staff and helping them feel like they belong at our institutions yes. too. Yeah, so I think that that is so important. And, you know, I spent 15 years working on college campuses and we were always talking about student well-being and student mental health and student belonging and, you know, all of this stuff. And I'm like, we also need to be investing in faculty and staff mm-hmm. because it does trickle down. Like you, you, you can't, um, be super engaged and, 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 you know, doing your best work. Um, if you, if you don't feel a sense of belonging, you don't feel valued for the work that you're doing. So, um, uh, so I think it, it should be a priority at all institutions. Um, I, I do think helping build Employee connection is really important. Again, you know, I'm really excited. The the campuses that have used Project Connect with employees, it's been really awesome to hear how that's gone. And employees just love the opportunity to like get to know each other as human beings and have a, a chance to to talk to each other and have more meaningful conversations and um, to kind of just slip out of their roles or out of this like transactional interactions Mm -hmm. and to and to actually build relationships um a gallup for i don't know if people are familiar with that organization but they do like a ton of work around uh workplace engagement retention Mm -hmm. job satisfaction like what makes for healthy functional good workplaces and so they've come up with 12 different questions around employee engagement. And it's essentially, um, the questions are each like a factor that is a huge contributing factor. Um, So one of them is like, have you been recognized or, or have you received recognition or praise within the last seven days? So that's one is just like, supervisors or even coworkers like valuing each other's work mm-hmm. um having a best do, one of the questions is do you have a best friend at work so having a best friend at work made people too you know um twice as likely to stay or you know to to mm-hmm. not leave so really huge for for retention and turnover and also made people seven times more 
engaged. Um, so, you know, developing friendships at work, which I think in the past was thought of as like, friendly, you know, friendly conversations, work, uh, uh, water cooler conversations are like distracting from, from um, doing work. But in fact, the opposite is, is true. Um, You know, workload, obviously, I think has a really huge impact on, on, um, you know, just having like a realistic workload, having support to be able to do your work, having resources to be able to do your work. So I encourage people to to look up. I think you can Google like Gallup um, and the 12, 12 questions for employee engagement. I think those are really helpful guidelines, especially for people who are managers or supervisors or in leadership positions or in HR. Um, I think that's that's really helpful. And a lot of them are around connection. A lot of them are relational. So, yeah. 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 So important. And, and you know, I don't want to, I, I know we all work in, in various kinds of environments um, and that those, you know, sometimes we feel more and less empowered in those environments. Um, last year, I got to have a conversation with the team at, um, uh, in an institution in Milwaukee. Um, that is doing work around, and, and it's and it's interesting work because it's really from the uh, the staff up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they wanted to return to campus, you know, with with the return pandemic, um, and really use trauma informed care to guide that return, and it has really grown into something beautiful around this idea of we are all in community where we care for one another, mm. all of us, not yes. not the faculty and staff caring for the students, right? But yes. all these groups, we, we are in a community where we care and where we um, are supporting one another and what does that look like? And what, what was fascinating about it is that it actually took no money. It certainly mm-hmm. took some time. Yeah. But they were able to really do some pretty very intentional cultural shift yes. at a largely commuter institution. Yeah. Um, and, and that was really, for lack of a better term, a grassroots effort yeah. uh, that rose out. So so I, um, that we'll, we can put that podcast um, link in. Um, Adam Jessel and his team are always happy to talk to folks about what they did, how they did it. Um, yeah, so, so some, some strategies, right? If you're, if you're, if you're like the academic advisor, who's like, well, I know I, I would love to see this change, but I don't know where to begin to, to make that happen. Yeah. So another one of the, um, sort of factors on the, on the Gallup list is, is feeling like your voice matters. And so, so that like feeling like if there's a concern, if there's a problem that anybody can bring that forward and, and will be listened to, or that, you know, not necessarily like, oh, that's going to change everything, but that, that there's a sense of like, oh, we actually care. We actually want to hear what the problems are. And I think that's the same with, um, the feeling valued, like in terms of sense of belonging, feeling valued is is so important. And I've worked in places where I did feel really valued and like my contribution mattered and like I was a person. Um, 
that's another one is, is being care as somebody at work cares about you as a person. So not oh, just yeah. like for what you're producing, the tasks that you're checking off, but for you as a human being. Sure. Um, and then I've also worked at places where I felt like employees were numbers or they were cogs in a wheel that it was really about like getting things done as opposed to how we're functioning together and that is very demoralizing and can really have a huge impact on mm-hmm. morale and, and retention so yeah so so having you know just helping people feel valued and recognized um as as people and for the work that they're doing for the contribution it goes a, it goes a long way and as you said it really doesn't take anything i'm not talking about like some big like financial reward I'm talking about like just verbally letting people know like oh what you're doing is making a difference Mm -hmm. I I see you know I see you I see what you're doing yeah makes such a such a difference sounds so simple and I know that these are complex issues I'm not trying to to slap band-aids on complex issues by any stretch of the imagination but just trying to always, as we do on Friday Five Live, offer some hope. Um, yeah. I want to shift just for a second to some good questions we've gotten, and this has really sparked. Um, and I got a call out. It's great to see Todd Parks, who I teach for, um, in our chat. And thanks, Todd, for all that you're offering. Um, you know, he's mentioned that it, that it's an institution that is seeing a lot of shifting to online. Um, you know, it, a, a bigger interest in online learning after. Um, coming out of pandemic um, learning and how, what can strategies for if you can solve this one Jessica I mean we're all gonna like <laughs> you know you're gonna get to go live in Puerto Rico retire tomorrow um, <laughs> yeah, right. because we have been talking about engagement and connection and belonging and online learning for at least the 15 years that I've taught online and probably far back farther than that but strategies around students who maybe aren't coming to our campuses as much, maybe are really um, only with us in an online capacity and how we can help them understand that they belong. Yeah, so I think having um, kind of like trying to front load some connection building before getting into the into the learning piece will help people stay more engaged with mm. virtual learning. and. You know, I, th- I I know a lot of um, a lot of campuses have peer mentor programs, so I think that can be a way to to humanize. You know, to have um, some some connection building up front. Um, you know, in classes, if classes are offered over Zoom, um, I think there's ways to to do small breakout groups and to sort of mm-hmm. have a like a little introductory question or uh, a, a, a introductory check-in or things like that that help people get to know each other um, ideally with their cameras on and then if they need to they can turn their cameras off for the more presentation piece of things but I think helping people um, I think in the first five minutes or maybe even two minutes of a class, like having people say something, like have their voices present, even if it's just a word or even typing in the chat, that helps with engagement. So just to kind of, I think it's easy like to get in the habit of 
turning off the camera, just listening, being, being really passive. Um, but if you sort of institute a practice of trying to have, um, connection and engagement, and that's harder if it's a really large class, you know, like people are not going to all go around and speak up if there's a hundred, you know, if there's a hundred participants, but if you could like, just say, okay, here's a, here's a like introductory question that is both hopefully a personal question, not too deep, but like a personal question, but also related to the content of the class and breakout rooms. And then we're going to jump into uh, the rest of stuff just to try to get people talking in the first few minutes. And over time, um, especially if it's a smaller class, or especially if people are meeting in the same groups, each each um session each class they're they're gonna get to know each other and build Mm. a little bit of connection but I think sometimes like people don't even know each other's names they're they're they might never say a word in class so so trying to like break the ice immediately Mm -hmm. uh, that would be my suggestion I don't know what you're you've probably done it um more than me I don't know if you have things that have have worked um or if there's other people who are you know can type in the comments things that that you've tried that have been helpful I do know that um you know this is this is for in person but I do know there's a, a few professors who've built Project Connect into their classroom and they sort of say like you know, obviously there's time pressure. So it's really hard to carve out time for things that are not, not academic. But what they found was that to invest a little bit of time up front in building connection really helped with engagement, helped things run more efficiently, helped with people speaking up in class, it helped with group projects. Um, So it can, it, it can be worth the, the time investment. And I love all those strategies and Ivana's put some in as well as um, regarding success coaching and um, suggested uh, for us uh, the pedagogy of real talk um, by Dr. Paul Hernandez. Um, you know, I've mentioned past episodes, I got to do um, one of AQ's courses on, on being a better instructor. And um, I think that really helped to um, provide some very practical ways that you can begin to create community and connection in your in your class. Um, so always, I think those are um, some really some really great resources. And folks are putting in some some other ideas. You know, I'm also always struck by what can we do before students. And and Robbie mentioned this in their question. How how do you help students understand that they belong when they're not even really sure? that they belong. And, and I know that, I know that certainly there are institutions where, you know, they have thousands of students who have always loved being students, can't wait to be students, can't see themselves as anything other than students. I know that I often face classes where I'm lucky if I get two people, right. That the majority of the folks I'm teaching are like, not really sure why I'm here. I know this is the, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not even convinced I'm really capable of doing this. Um, Mm -hmm at all levels of ages. Um, and, and so I feel like it is important for us to think as we're working with online populations in particular, how can we help them understand? And somebody had mentioned 
getting them all the resources they need to be successful, right? Like if something goes bad, here's, we care about you. Don't just disappear as they do. Um, Yeah. yeah. And I think online takes a lot, sometimes a lot more energy as a faculty member than in person, because I can't read your body language necessarily. I can't just casually go up to you after class and be like, let's come and sit and talk. Is everything okay? I have to constantly be reaching out that communication piece um, becomes so critical. But I, I, I really do think that every week I tell my students, I'm glad you're here. I'm excited you're here. We're going to do this together. We care about you collectively as an institution. And I'm fortunate to work at an institution that I feel like that just seeps out of the brickwork, um, you know. Um, and, and so I, I, those are simple messages. And I know sometimes they fall on deaf ears, but a lot of times they fall right where they need to. Yeah, I think it's really important to to say those things, to say, I'm glad you're here. Um, and I, I think, you know, sometimes those messages, you know, like you belong or you matter, those messages, especially if they're coming from an individual person, can feel impactful but sometimes they feel like oh we're paying lip service and this doesn't relate to me especially you know like you said you work at you're lucky to work at a place where the caring is kind of like coming out seeping out of the the walls the pores of the institution which is fantastic but if it's not um then students can feel that and then a message like you belong is sort of like yeah, like prove it. Like, right, I right, don't feel right. like I belong. You're not making me feel like I belong in every other message that you're giving me. Um, so, so one of the things, so I think that for individual professors, for individual staff and their relationships with students to authentically um, mm-hmm. say like, you know, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, but I also think some of the messaging that we give is, is, is really important in terms of shaping students experiences of whether or not they belong. And one thing that I see, um, this is probably true more of like, of of like four year colleges is this kind of like cheerleading of like, our students are amazing. They've like, you know, there used to be a practice at orientation of kind of like reading some things from students' applications about like this person, you know, won the Nobel Prize. I'm exaggerating, but it was sort of like this person's written a book and this person's climbed Mount Everest and this person's done this. And then that what that does is like make the 99% of people in the class be like, well, that's not me. Like, what am I doing here? And so I think we want to have pride in our students' accomplishments, but Um, I did see this going by in the chat at one point, like sharing stories of struggle and challenge Mm -hmm. is just as important and, and stop saying things like college is the best four years of your life, because it might be for some, but for then the people who aren't having that experience, then they feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And then it's contributing to a lack of belonging. And so I think acknowledging college can be really hard. You know, you can, you might fail, you might actually fail a class or you might, you might not find friends and find your people in the first month or orientation. Um, But that doesn't mean that it's going to be like that permanently. So I think we need to be more honest about the struggles and challenges and, and, 
and transparent and kind of share those with, with people. And I know some um, campuses have done like resiliency projects or projects where, where faculty have maybe shared a failure um, and been a little bit more public with that because often what is visible what what's kind of publicly seen is the success of like oh you now you're a professor at this institution it's not like oh you got rejected at five other places or oh this thing got published but you know you were rejected 20 times before it was published so i think sharing you know the difficulties around academic struggle the difficulties around um, achieving a sense of belonging, finding finding friends, that can go a long way. Um, one of the, uh, there's a video from a student, a Cornell student um, called My College Transition back in, in 2018. She made it about how difficult it was for her to mm-hmm. find friends. And I, I love that, and, you know, it's pre-pandemic and it's a four-year residential kind of elite institution so it might not be relatable to everybody but but there's still lots of students I show that to who are like yes and it's refreshing to hear other people's struggles because then it makes them feel less alone and Mm -hmm. so I think there's a fear of like we don't want to share the struggles we don't want to share the difficulty because we don't want to um make people afraid or right. we you know we 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 want to paint this as a positive experience but then if you're only painting it as a positive experience for all the people who are having less positive experiences they feel a lack of belonging uh-huh. yeah. so as we're thinking about you know we're wrapping up this semester I know there's often like in my cycle this becomes a time where I'm trying to wrap up the spring but also start planning yeah. for the fall which is whoa a lot going on um but I love all of these ideas that folks are sharing in our chat the language what can we think about how can we make our 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 orientation our welcoming our onboarding spaces ones that help create belonging and maybe what you're saying is share some you know, some reality about transition often not easy, right? Like, um, but as, as somebody mentioned, you know, the importance of here, we, you know, this may not be easy for everybody, but here are the resources, um, to support you. Um, central Arkansas does like a, I can't remember what they call it, but it's a week where they sort of celebrate failure and you Mm -hmm, can get a certificate like, you know, I failed at blah, 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 and like yeah. somebody will sign it. And and there's a measure of humor in all of it, which I think is a great way to relate to students and probably all humans, right? Um, but but it also normalizes, as you've said, you know, I, I tried to get published and it took me 20 failures and I finally, like, yeah. right? That this is a normal part of life and, um, but it's, we can still grow from that and, um, I think so there, I I would love it if just as kind of a final wrap up question, if other folks um, have questions, feel free to put those in our chat as we have about five minutes left. As we're thinking about the fall semester, I mean, not that I want to dismiss the spring, um, but what are some things that you would hope that we could reflect on or maybe think about integrating um, in our own work in our institutions? 
Yeah, so I think um, just recognizing that, um, you know, that, that we can be really proactive and, and planful about helping facilitate belonging and connection. I, I, you know, I think there's like this idea of like, oh, you know, it's supposed to just happen. It's supposed to happen magically or easily um, as opposed to like, you know, we can, we can actually create the conditions for, for that to happen and help facilitate it. So I also really feel like it's important to try to build that in to students' experiences. So you were talking about orientation and that's, uh, to me, like, if students leave orientation with a sense of belonging and connection, that is a huge success and that, 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 um, you know, obviously I, this is, this is my field. So I really care about it. I think it's important and I know everybody wants to get into orientation, but, but I kind of feel like that should be the number one priority of orientation is, is yeah. to help students feel a sense of belonging and connection to the, to the campus, um, to have started to form some, some relationships and that that's going to have an impact on their, their entire experience and you know there's the Maya Angelou quote what is it like people won't remember what you said or did but they'll remember how you made them feel and so I think it's kind of it's kind of like that like information uh, is important but it can be accessed in a lot of different a lot of different ways so thinking about like how do we how do we not how do we change this from something that is left to chance is left to students initiating it themselves and figuring out the, the, the organizations they're going to join the activities they're going to do, or like how they're going to make friends and like building it into orientation, building it into first year experience classes or other, other classes, mm-hmm. building it into community engagement requirements or other, other things. So it's, it's sort of like, um, just part of the the campus experience that mm-hmm. every student gets. Mm-hmm. So that would, you know, that that's what I would love to see. You know, something that is not like a voluntary opt-in experience, but is just right. like part of um, what every student goes through. We got a great, and I love that, that we, we kind of just bake it in. Let's just bake it in to, yeah, to it our in. institutional culture. In. I loved Michael's question because I think this is something I have seen, had a lot with my own students that I work with, resources for student that doesn't know how to make a friend, yeah. um, right? And so, because I do think you're, you know, earlier you talked about, we all sort of are like, wait, how do we do social again? Yes. And I think about yeah. people who, that social piece was interrupted in the middle of those teen years, right? Where yeah. you're still practicing um, how to be a friend, how to make a friend. Yeah. And now you're showing up at our college campuses and ah, yes. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. So there are a couple of resources on my website. One is like six essential strategies for, for building connection. Um, the other is three exercises for building connection. Um, those are things that students could use on their own, but they're more things that the faculty and staff can use to think about like, how do we 
facilitate and promote connection on our on our campus. Um, so for students, you know, if, if you have students who are lonely, definitely, you know, I think you could do some coaching and encouragement around how to help them get more engaged in things on campus, you know, are there other interests they have that they could pursue and so on. Um, but I, I, again, I, I feel like that is leaving it up to each student having the time, the energy, the emotional risk it takes to do that when they might not feel in a place. Whereas if it's like part of their class, then they're, then, then it's, it's going to happen. Um, yeah. So, so feel free to download those resources and, um, yeah, I, I don't know if there anything you want to add, Meg, or if there's other additional questions. I don't know what. Yeah, we're no, I, we're about at time. I, yeah. I think that's a wonderful place to to pause our conversation. And I know if I'm fortunate enough, this is just going to be the continuation. Like we'll we'll I'm sure um, get to come together, and it's, this isn't going anywhere. I mean, I. 2023, the year of belonging. Um, yeah. If I had to name it, that's that's what I would. Um, share, but I know these are important conversations we're having across our institutions, and and I and I know today we we focused more on that student piece, but I don't think it can be um, said enough that it's important we think about this with our faculty and um, staff too. So, absolutely, we've, we've shared several resources um, in, um, in the chat today, um, we will bundle all of this up. Um, Melissa's been kind enough to, um, share our present, our presentation, Project Connect's website is there in the chat, and we just put in, it was the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and their trauma-informed mm, approach, yeah. um, that, I would that love is, a copy of the chat, too, because I know people had lots of ideas and things yes, that I didn't get a chance to just, read all of them, so I'd love to see those. Just, just wonderful, and, um, we did have a question about working with historically underrepresented minority students, which happened to have been our topic from last month. Um, yeah. So I would encourage everybody, you know, I think our podcast pairs nicely with a walk, um, a friend, a cup of tea. Um, so, you know, feel free to, to pop that one in um, for your listening. Next month um, is April and April 21st, we're actually going to be talking about how to return to campus after a traumatic event. Mm. Um, and so, you know, oh, thank you, Robin, for letting us know that we need access to that. I may have not been paying attention in the chat as Melissa was copying it in. So we'll we'll make sure we get that out to everybody. But that podcast is also available um, on our, our website. So as they all are. So um, so but next month we're going to be talking about how we can support faculty, staff, and students as, as unfortunately we are dealing with um, lots of traumatic events in our, our campus communities. So Yes. Thank you. Thank well, thank you. you. Thanks for hosting the conversation, Meg. It's always nice talking with you and really glad that um, so many people came and um, yeah, happy to, to, to be a resource for people if they have questions and want to reach out. So um, yeah. Thank you. And, and, and good luck building connection and belonging. Super, super important. So important. Well, thank you for the good work you're doing and sharing that with us. Hope everybody has a wonderful rest of your Friday and that there is time for rest and renewal this weekend um, as we push through to the end of the semester. So take care, everyone. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Friday Five Live is brought to you by Innovative Educators. 
Innovative Educators offers six online services for your onboarding support and training needs. Visit us at innovativeeducators.org to see how we can support your student success initiatives.